Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork, and today we're going to be talking about opening our minds and considering new perspectives about life. I'm delighted to welcome special guest D. Neil Elliott. Neil is the author of A Higher Road, Cleanse Your Consciousness to Transcend the Ego and Ascend Spiritually, a seven-step process to inner peace, joy, love, abundance, and prosperity. You can reach Neil and learn more about his book at his website, dneilelliot.com, and I'll include a link in the description. Welcome, Neil. I'm so glad that you could join with me today. Oh, I am excited and thrilled to be here. So thank you so much. Wonderful. And today we're going to be talking about how we have this, this facade, and maybe not everybody knows it's a facade. Maybe we don't even know it's a facade of just things going amazing. And then the true story or the rest of the story is that inside we're kind of a mess and things are not as they appear. And I know for you, I mean, anyone who was looking at you would think, man, this guy has got it all together. He's got a great family, a successful career, and man, things are awesome. And that wasn't the way that you were feeling inside. Would you mind sharing your story? What was really going on? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, and a facade is a good way to, to put it, um, a, a, a way that I typically describe it as either a facade or we're good actors in our life. So we always put our best foot forward. We always present to family, friends, clients, you know, our, the best of ourself to operate and function well in the external world. And typically, so what was going on for me? So I'll talk about myself. So what happened to me? So I was born in uh, 1960 and uh, in my 30s. So in the 90s, I was reading spiritual self-help books to try and change how I thought about things, you know, like there's, you know, trying to improve myself. All the books that you per perhaps read or, or been are familiar with books by Wayne Dyer, Carolyn Mice, those kinds of uh, books, Napoleon Hill. And I couldn't really shift how I thought. Um, I left employment in 2000, and entered into consulting. And as a consultant, you work hard. You're always trying to put your best foot forward to your client. You're always trying to serve your client. And, um, but you work all the time. Uh, at least I did. You know, if you're not working or you're sick or it's a stat holiday, you don't get paid. So you just work, work, work. And what happened is I had this depression creep in really slowly over time. And I got to this point in 2014 or so, I recognized that I was deeply depressed and felt like, what's the point of life? You know, it, I'm miserable. I'm working hard. I'm not getting ahead. And, um, you know, there's got to be something more to this. And uh, so I, I kind of went back to some self-help, new self-help books, uh, spiritual books, and, uh, and I was reading them and, you know, they all offered these great processes and things. I just couldn't make this shift. And um, we had our house on the market for seven years and it hadn't sold, finally sold. My wife uh, jumped on a plane to go to Toronto, Ontario, Canada to visit uh, family, uh, her brother and uh, his children. And uh, I sat down on a kitchen table and crafted a suicide note. Mm. And I was, and I was planning it so that my wife would be financially secure. And, uh, and I wanted to do it. And I'm a professional engineer and I have an MBA and I've been working, you know, in the professional world, the hydroelectric industry for over 30 years. And, um, and I just got to this point where, uh, 
you know, there wasn't any point for me, there wasn't any point, but I had this, I'm, I'm agnostic, I'm not religious, but I had this nagging doubt that, you know, my belief or my understanding was if you did bad things, you go to hell. And if you do good things, you go to heaven. And I had this nagging doubt um, that was kind of was stopping me from preventing suicide, but I was still going to go through with it. I thought, you know, like, there's no point in this. I was miserable. I had this great facade. No one knew, no one in my family knew I was in this state. And I think this is the case probably for a lot of people that are depressed and they hide it. And um, so I sat down to craft the suicide note. I had just read a book by a woman that had a near-death experience and she had suffered from this aggressive cancer over a four-year period. She was down to 75 pounds. She couldn't keep her head up. Um, she was on oxygen 24 hours a day and she fell into a coma. They rushed her to a hospital. This is in Hong Kong. They rushed her to a hospital. Um, the admitting physician said she wouldn't, told her husband she wouldn't make it through the night. Um, she woke up 24 hours later, declared that she would be okay. 24 hours or two weeks after that, she, they couldn't find a trace of cancer in her body. And this is all medically documented um, in. Um, uh, in the medical system and the doctors can't explain it, of course, but it happened. And she came back with, she had this experience, this near-death experience in that 24 hours where she described consciousness in a way which I, which stretched my imagination of what consciousness was. And she came back with messages. We're not judged after we die, no matter what we do here on earth. Um, we're all one after we die. Um, she felt like she expanded and was part of everything in the universe, uh, rocks, plants, animals, other people. And, um, her father had passed away 10 years earlier or about 10 years earlier. I might get the timing a little bit wrong. And he met her on that side and her best friend who had passed away a few years earlier met her on that side. They had a conversation and essentially he told her, you have a choice. You can go back in your body or you can stay here. You're supposed to go back, but, but you have free will and the choice is yours. And she said, well, why would I go back into that body um, when it's riddled with cancer? And my last four years have been miserable and making everybody, my entire family miserable. And um, then she said she had this immediate knowing that everything would be okay if she went back. So she went back and uh, she was, you know, essentially all of the cancer was gone out of her body within two weeks that the messages she brought back, you know, we come, we, we come from love and we return to love. All of those messages that were not judged, uh, that were all one, that we were unified, um, took away that nagging doubt around the suicide. So I was ready then to plan it out, make sure everything was done in a uh, way that no one would know what I was going to do, but say goodbye to my family in a way that they wouldn't know that that's what I was planning. And, but I had just coincidentally about a week before it, and I say this information found me rather than me finding it. I came across this document and I'll call it a blueprint document that promised to liberate me from my thinking if I studied it and meditated and prayed on it and, um, and did the work. And so I thought, okay, being an engineer, I'm going to put the suicide aside because I can always do that. Um, but I'll, so I'll give this document a chance. And so I started, I embarked on this journey, which I've documented in my book. I embarked on this journey 
And a year later to the day, I woke up and I was full of love and peace and joy. And I had an entirely new outlook on life. I was happy to be alive. I understood why everybody does what they do, why everybody behaves the way they do. And I understood what I needed to do in order to ascend spiritually. And I've been on that journey now for four years. Wow. It's four year anniversary today or at the end of November, at the end of November of this year. Happy anniversary. (laughs) So first I want to celebrate your life that I'm glad that you're still here. And then I have just a clarifying question. This document that you talked about, what brought this to your mind? I mean, you had been writing the note, you were ready to move forward. And then, and then, well, wait, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give this an experiment. I'm going to give this a try. What, what, what took place in that, that shift? I feel like I, I'm missing a chapter. Yeah, you, and you are, cause I think I cut it out a little bit there, but um, so in 20, 15 or so, I started to go back to these spiritual books and scientific books. I'm an engineer, so I like things that are tangible, measurable, observable, (laughs) things that we can kind of quote unquote prove. And so I started to read these books and I read a series of books around uh, mind and memes, um, uh, concepts of consciousness that I hadn't considered before. So mind and memes, this book discussed that Uh, you know, one of the key things that it came out of this book was everything that we think is right or wrong, true or false is really just a belief. It's our perception of the world. And after reading that book, I could, then I could say, okay, well, all these things that I think are right and wrong or, or good or bad or true or false is really just a belief, not the truth. Um, And so that kind of um, uh, unsettled, not unsettled in a bad way, but unsettled me, shook me a little bit of my foundation to get away from this. I'm right and you're wrong or vice versa. And so uh, then I read a book uh, that talked about, and it was scientific book, again, all researched, all documented. It's a book that describes how our thinking and feeling influences and affects the expression of a self. And expression of a cell is the work it does. So we either through our thoughts and our emotions make our cells healthy or make our cells unhealthy. And we attract these illnesses true us over time. It takes time to do this. We all have will, uh, you know, we have um, free will. And what we choose to think and what we choose to do will either make our life you know, better for us or not better for us. And so I read this book. So that was another one. And then I read some books on, um, on people that have brain trauma and neuroplasty and neuroscience. And again, medically documented about people that have brain traumas and how they could rewire essentially their brains to um, correct the issues that they had out of these brain traumas uh, through this process of neuroplasty. And, you know, science a long time ago thought, you know, the brain was, you know, kind of fixed and it died over time, but you can actually create new brain cells. Then I read this NDE experience. Now, um, in this time I was looking for another book. Um, I can't remember what it was called at the moment, but I was looking for this other book and I just happened to come across this blueprint document and I thought, Oh, 
this is interesting. And it would have been a document that I would have normally just pushed aside, run away from never because of the, the way it's marketed, so to speak, um, would have not been anything I would have been attracted to. But I was totally open. So all of these books that I had read got me to the state of being open and was essentially laying a foundation for me for this change. Then this document showed up. I, I read it about a week before I started reading it and looking at it. So I was in this mode of crafting this suicide note and at the same time thinking, I need to give this document a chance. I'm glad. I'm glad you kept your mind open so that that could be there. Now, it's interesting as I'm listening to you speak. And you talk about how you've read all these different books, and there are so many people who are saying different things. And there's also a lot of people who are saying the same thing. But when we speak, we use our voice and our experience and those things that matter to you. Like, I want to be able to measure it. I want to be able to see it and feel it and touch it. I want that research behind it. There are going to be certain voices that will resonate with you and something that you can feel like okay, I get this. And you talked about that near-death experience where this woman shared her experience and somehow that one was able to touch you. So that's why it's okay to have multiple stories that are telling the same thing because we come from a different perspective and we use our own voice and our own experiences as we share. And so having this person tell their experience and this person tell their experience and this person share, you know, this is what worked for me. And having this person say, well, this is what worked for me. I love that there's more than one right way to do things. And I love that there are different voices so that we can find what resonates with us, what makes sense to us, so that we can be able to understand and grow and develop. Now, you have added your voice to the mix as you have written your book and you've put your ideas together in a way that may speak specifically to people where someone else's may not. And that's a beautiful, interesting thing. So thank you for adding your voice. Would you be willing to share these? I know you have seven steps that you walk through to help people be able to go from that place of darkness to that place of of, of personal enlightenment, or you might use another word, maybe consciousness, where you're living maybe the same life. You might be in the same house. You might be in the same relationships. You might have the same job. You might have the same amount of money in your bank account. And yet it's completely different experiences. One, you feel miserable, hopeless, discouraged, depressed. And then you can be in those exact same physical circumstances and yet feel fulfilled and happy and joyful. And it's amazing because a lot of people think that our happiness comes from the outside in man, I'm going to be happy. As soon as I get that raise, I am going to be happy and fulfilled when I get this awesome relationship, or I'm going to be happy and fulfilled when I buy this car or buy this house or weigh this, you know, certain amount, lose 20 pounds or whatever it may be. And the truth is none of that matters. Actually, the change has to take place on the inside. So I would love to hear your take and your view on how to change that inside. Yeah, no, that's great. At all these points you make, I agree with 100%. So life is really a journey within. And we let our externalities drive what we think and what we feel. And we are totally influenced by media, movies we watch, things we read, and, and the influences that we grew up under. So 
when a baby is born, it is typically, if it's been born into a right family, um, you know, that has a means, it is the embodiment of joy. And it's this sponge that uh, soaks up and, um, uh, you know, all of the things that it's um, exposed to, its parents' uh, emotions, its parents' uh, speaking and opinions and those and everything that it's supposed to. And as we grow from uh, being a baby through to adulthood, we believe that we're becoming versed in the ways of the world. But really what we're doing is we are shutting our soul off from its direct connection to the divine or God or Allah or Yahweh, whatever you want to call it, the Tao, the source of our being. And we're doing that so that our soul, uh, it comes in and it needs to learn certain things in this lifetime. So it's only through the lessons of suffering does the journeying soul gain self-knowledge to retain individuality after it has discarded the ego. The ego is a tool of creativity that um, is used to create your soul is a fragment of divine consciousness and your ego is the uh, manifested form of expression and it can only do things that work through electromagnetism this is all described in my book um, in uh, in terms of a consciousness plan um, electricity and in terms of bonding rejection of i i attract all of the things that i like i like ice cream i like chocolate milk i I like that car. I like that house. I, and for safety and security, push things away. I don't like that person. I don't like that experience. I don't like to live there. And you push away all these things. Those are the only mechanisms that your ego has to function in this world. And the journey within is to stop letting all of your externalities drive what you think and feel and how you behave in the world and to dissolve all of the bondages that you've put around your ego, allow your ego to connect directly with the divine and have the divine help you in cleansing your soul, cleansing your ego and um, expressing love. We come from love. We return to love. We are worth we are here. We are here not to please God. We are here to express God. And God is love. And so when we talk about my book very quickly, I've written my book this way. So part one is um, just an overview of what you're going to read and the circumstances that uh, get you into it. My recommended approach to reading my book is read it from cover to cover. See if the processes and the understand the process in its entirety, see if it makes sense for you. And if it does, then go back and start with step one or some of the scientific books that I talk about and then follow the process. If it doesn't make sense to you or it's not ringing for you, then please just pass the book on to somebody else. You can never judge the inner reality of another person. So um, although the success of my book, we will typically measure it in sales. The real success of this book is the number of people that read it, that are exposed to this, and can make a decision for themselves whether this process works for them or not. So this gets back to people hearing messages in different ways. Right. What resonates with them and if it changes lives. To me, that is exactly. a total success. You can't yeah. measure it because you're not. they're not probably going to come back to you 
they may move forward, but still, you know, that that's a possibility and a probability. So exactly. So uh, the second part of the book is a memoir. uh, And it's the uh, it's an illustration of how I created my every tomorrow has brought every experience and every circumstance into my life. And, and I use that only as an illustration for people so that after they go through the seven steps, they can go back and perhaps look at their own lives and say, Oh, I, here's a kind of a template, if you will, of how this person looked at their life. And so I can look at mine and see how I created my every tomorrows. The, uh, third part of the book is about science. So I've go through some scientific learnings and I share things that I've read for people to bring everybody up to the same speed and everybody up to the same platform and lay this foundation for change. The um, fourth part of the book is I share this blueprint document and you have to come to this document like a little child, open and joyous and full of wonder and without any prejudgment. And if you can do that and you can follow the process to go through this document, you can open yourself up to new vistas of being and new ways to look at the world. And you will understand the process of creation. You'll understand what was before the big bang, the impetus for the big bang, what happened after the big bang and how the materialized form came into being so that we have the opportunity as fragments of divine consciousness, our souls can learn the lessons it needs to learn. Sorry, is this the same document that you read? Is it, yep. okay, okay, it is. And, I, and I've gathered all the material together. I've put it in a PDF. And after people have read my book and decided they wanted to embark on this process, um, I give this to them freely for them to, to, uh, to read. And the last part of the book is really my experience as I as I went through traveled through these seven steps, and um, so let's talk a little bit about the seven steps. Yes, please. So, so the first one is really um, as soon as you understand the science, it's really the sharing of this near death experience, and I offer this. Um, I suggest people read this book because this woman describes consciousness in a way which will stretch your imagination of what consciousness is. The, and she describes it in a very good way. The, then, then I introduce people to this blueprint material and this blueprint material itself will help to create that final bridge between spirituality and science. And it does this through its explanation of the things that I just talked about before the Big Bang, after the Big Bang, um, the impetus for the Big Bang, what happened after the Big Bang in the billions of years it took for materialized form come into being, for elements to be formed, for um, living molecules to be created, for cells to be created, and then the evolution um, of, uh, you know, of, uh, plant life and human life. And when you can understand all of these mechanisms and then how we use electromagnetism to create our every tomorrow in terms of our thinking and feeling, you think with electrical impulses in the brain, that is a consciousness plan. And you feel with magnetic impulses in your nervous system, this um, bonded bonds and um, 
uh, creates a form and there's a life form that is around you in your aura and you create hundreds of these every day. And as you think about and repeat these thinkings and emotions, um, you strengthen the magnification of these consciousness forms and they will attract to you life experiences and events into your life. This is all described. So the second step is the is unveiling these truths um, for you to read on your own and make your own decision. The third step is to cleanse your consciousness. So we have things, there's a, there's a, a specific process and a, a specific kind of starting list, so to speak, that everybody needs to cleanse themselves up to dissolve these bondages that hold the, that bind down the soul. And you go through a process of doing some cleansing and then you need to rebuild your consciousness with your golden aspirations of divine consciousness. So the things that are in alignment with our source of being. Is that step four? Are we still on step three? Nope. Now we're on to step four. Okay. Um, yeah. So first step is um, the NDE. Second step is unveiling the truths. Um, third step is actually uh, writing a letter to yourself. This is a private letter for yourself that you write to yourself about how exactly you feel about life. Are you happy to be alive or are you completely miserable? And this is a letter that's only for you, for your eyes only, not writing it to please God. You're not writing it to share with anybody. It's for you only. And you write this letter and you have to be totally truthful and self-aware when you're writing this and document it. Then you seal it and put it away. Step four is um, uh, cleansing your consciousness. Step five is rebuilding your consciousness. Step six is you're going to learn how to meditate. And I learned how to meditate in the 90s, and I did all the various methods of meditating, and I've tried it, and, you know, kind of on and off with meditation. And, you know, there's lots of reasons why people say you should meditate. It makes you calmer, and it's, you know many, many reasons. This meditation that you're going to learn through this process is a meditation where you have to enter into complete silence and stillness and stop your mind from having thought. And people will say, well, that's people. Some people might say that's impossible, but I can tell you it's not. It takes some practice. But when you enter into that silence and the stillness, you open yourself up to having a connection with the divine. And what, what happens over time is that you will build new brain cells at the top of your head underneath your skull, and a little opening will happen at the top of your head. And when it happened to me, I didn't recognize that that was going on. It just felt a little bit weird. That opening now is you could put a salad bowl over my head and it's from the top of my ears around all of my head. And every time, I don't even have to meditate to feel this now. But it was when I meditated that I felt this. But now I feel it all the time. I have constant contact. And it is so beautiful. So I describe this in the book about how I experienced this, what it felt like, how it grew. Um, and at one point, the spiritual energy flowing into me was so strong in the beginning that I thought I had damaged my brain. And I, then I thought, oh, this is nonsense. It's not because it's so different. And um, the energy would come into my head. And then over time, it grew where it would go into 
the rest of my body down to my feet might go down one side up the other side um and then it um, would come into my head and go into my chest and then in my solar plexus so your solar plexus is the seat of your emotions your heart obviously is in your chest and your um your head is this um entry point into um spiritual inflow of energy and when you have this connection with the divine at some point you will know that what you know is true and when you know what you know is true and you've followed this process then your belief and your faith becomes unshakable and at then at some point as you continue on with this process and this took a year for me about 13 months i had a i had a meditation where i went into a state of meditation and you go through varying levels of frequencies of consciousness the higher your spiritual uh, a spiritual consciousness is at a very high level and our human consciousness is at a very low vibrational level and as you go through these different vibrational levels you have greater and greater contact and understanding of um, of what you're experiencing and inflow of the divine the divine is always radiating unconditional love unstintingly always but your human consciousness prevents you from feeling it because it's at such a low level so when you go through this process you open yourself up when 13 months after i had this state where i went into the state of this meditation and it and it's indescribable in human terms because we just don't have the language but i was totally and completely bathed in love unconditional love and i didn't care what happened to my body my body could be in pain could be in misery it didn't matter i just wanted to stay in that state and this is just a glimpse of the state that you return to and when you have these experiences in meditation you will start to know that what you know is true your faith becomes unshakable and this is what transforms your life now i no longer judge anybody i don't judge anybody i don't denigrate anybody everybody's soul is equal i look at people now and no matter what they're doing whatever their ego is prompting them to do i can see that their their soul is a fragment of divine consciousness we are unified after they come from love they are love and it's just their ego mechanism that it is their path to the light they need to do these things that they need to do to create circumstances in their life that will eventually in this lifetime or another lifetime wake them up and realize that this is what they're doing to themselves and when that happens then they begin their own process to do their own spiritual ascension fantastic i'm so glad that you were able to find something again that resonated for you was successful for you to be able to make you uh, um, grow from the place where you were to the place where you are and that inner peace which is beautiful and that you can take it with you wherever you go and i love the way that you look at other people because if we look at other people as their divine beautiful you know potential and not only their potential but what they are right now if everyone felt that way, we would have peace and there wouldn't be contention. There wouldn't be issues. It would be beautiful. And we can't force anyone else to do that. We can only invite and then we can work on ourselves. So well done for what you have accomplished. 
and that you have been able to organize it in a manner that makes sense to you and will make sense to other people who think the way that you do. And that's fantastic. And thank you for visiting with me today and sharing your experiences. Well, thank you so much, Linda. It's been a pleasure to be here today. And thank you for the opportunity to share my story. Oh, it's been a pleasure. In closing, I'd like to share a quote by D. Neil Elliott. He said, you choose your path deliberately or by default. Today, I invite you to choose your path deliberately. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Linda's Corner, please share and subscribe to help us reach new listeners. I also invite you to check out my nonprofit, Hope for Healing, at the website hopeforhealingfoundation.org for free ebooks, free audiobooks, and other free resources to help increase happiness, build confidence and self esteem, strengthen relationships, manage stress, and calm feelings of depression and anxiety. I also invite you to grab a copy of one of my books, like Crushed A Journey Through Depression, or Amazon bestseller You Got This an action plan to calm fear, anxiety, worry, and stress. See you next time on Linda's Corner.